Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard Creative Team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. All right, our guest today is acclaimed interior designer, Victoria Hagen. Since founding her eponymous firm over 25 years ago, Victoria has been celebrated for her integration of architecture and interior design, which has continually epitomized modern American luxury. Not only has Victoria's career been honored with awards from AD's AD100, Architectural Digest AD100, and El Decor's A-List, but she's also been inducted into the Interior Design Hall of Fame. And today we are talking to Victoria about her latest book, Live Now from Rizzoli. Victoria, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. I've been such a fan of yours for so long. I remember in particular one, I think Hampton's house probably over 10 years ago that was maybe in the house beautiful or something that just was like, I was spellbound by it, but I love your, um, your style is so iconic. It's bold, but restrained, pointed. It's so elegant, but it's also relaxed. A lot of um, sort of opposites together. And I wanted to start just by seeing if you could share with our listeners your background, your journey into the design field, and how you really came to kind of create the signature style um, that you bring to the design world. Uh, well, I'd love to. I. Um... You know, from the time I was very little, I have been uh, interested in design. My mother hates when I tell the story of looking out of my crib and not liking the floor. So um, I've always been very aware of my surroundings and always wanting to uh, fix problems, make things feel easy. And it's an approach that I I bring to my work. I, I... I'm very passionate about design. I know how design can make feel, people feel better. It's an important part of our everyday. And I, I like to try and demystify the process to my clients and to my friends about that it um, really is all about understanding how you want to feel. Along with what you want to see, it's how you want to feel. So it's just really designing to all the senses. And I, I, I start out with the premise that there are no black and white rules, that I like to personalize my formula for everyone. Everyone is different. And I, so much about my process is listening and listening to what's important to my um, clients and what is important to them in their home. and. I usually begin the process by saying, you know, just give me three words how you want your home to feel. And that those are just little clues. Like sometimes people say just happy, happy, fun, easy. Some people say elegant. Some people say low key, classic. So those are just clues to me. And I always just feel that, you know, the creative process, if you follow it and you listen to your heart and your gut, it's going to take you to a very magical place. And I think that was part of the inspiration of my new book, Live Now, is that I think we all dream of how we want to live. And we have all these hopes and and dreams of, um, but I, I think so much of it comes down to taking you know, looking around, seeing what you can improve, and just enjoying and living the life that we've always dreamed of. And and I try and demystify that um, and make it simple and and something that's not overwhelming or mysterious. 
And you are such a good storyteller in this book. Um, I just think the title really says so much because um, we continuously talk about this, you know, living now and not putting it off, you know, and really appreciating your home. So, um, and within the stories inside your book really tell each kind of uh, family situation. And that's really fun too. Um, well, I think we had a, with the writer, David Coleman, that I worked on the book with, we came up with each chapter had to have home in the title. And so we, like, my home in Connecticut is called Home Base. And that was really appropriate because I spent many a year sitting behind Home Base watching my boys play baseball. But it is just, it was so important and you know, my home is so grounding for me. It's where, you know, you would think um, I walk in that door after work and work's off. You know, it is, it's the place where I like to really spend my family time and um, enjoy the simple things. Um, hopefully the decorating has been taken care of and I, my punch list is small and I really just get into just living the different parts of the day. I mean, I have clients coming in this afternoon and I'm really just want to hear about their day. Like, when do they get up? Where do they like their coffee? Maybe they go for a run. Like, just what is, um, what's their day like? And, and I like to just listen. And it's like when I'm working for... I just always put just pieces of a puzzle on a table. Like it's just, I'm gathering. And then, you know, I show clients lots of things and they say, well, where will this go? And I'm like, I don't know. I really have no idea at the moment. And I think sometimes they're like, oh no, we've made a mistake. And I'm like, don't worry. I really, I've done it before. And, you know, I just... Because I think if you put things in stone, you set things in stone, that rigidity, I think sometimes holds you back. Because I'm looking for the unexpected, the little, you know, we didn't think about doing that. And I, I think those are what makes home feel personal, you know. Well, so where do you start then with a new project outside of, you know, sort of listening to your, what your client needs, but where do you start with the design? Definitely the plans and the setting, what a home architecturally, what's the style? Am I working in Florida? Am I working in Massachusetts? Is it a city apartment? We work all over the country and every project is so different because of that. You know, I often say, you know, when you're just trying to figure out to get a few clues is just to stand in the room and look out the window and see what you see. So then do you, is it like fabrics? Is it, you know, uh, the layout? It's definitely the layout because I think making sure uh, the scale is so important. And I think there's so many potential mistakes that can be made because Inches do matter. How deep a sofa is matters. Um, mm. The height of things matter. Like last week I was in Florida, I was finishing a project and I was going around with a tape measure and I was just measuring seat heights. And I'm like, this needs to come down half an inch. And you might not think that's important, but it made a huge difference because it just calms the... Um, Calm, it, it puts everything in play. And so I'm always looking at seat heights, back heights, um, and it's different for everyone, but um, mm -hmm. those are the little details. Sometimes you're like, what's wrong with this room? I can't figure it out. Something's wrong. And then sometimes it's like, I think the tilt on the sofa, there's not enough tilt. Let's cut the back leg an inch and you pull it back. And A, it relaxes it, mm. it sits more comfortably. So it's in like these nuances of details. But um, so getting the plans right and getting the function right in making a space architecturally feel comfortable and then layering in 
the carpets, the textiles, the furniture um, is the way I typically work. I think that is such an amazing insight because I would imagine there are a lot of people listening that maybe are, you know, shopping around and they think, oh, well, these sofas look the same and, you know, but like the difference, maybe it's two inches longer, but like it's whatever that two inches is fine, but a half inch obviously matters. So that's a great. Well, I'm always telling my friends, you know, they send me photos and I'm like, that dimension doesn't work with that dimension. If you look, you really, you know, if you're doing a seating area in a room, I, I mean, my dimension typically is 30 to 32. So I'm always looking at that. And when you go way low and way high, that's when you get into problems. So a little tape measure really does help. But it's not to say you can't tweak things as well. So what, I mean, I guess if someone's trying to, you know, doing this for themselves or, or trying to, I guess, figure out what maybe is off in their living room. Do you have any suggestions for how they might know that some, that like it's the, the dimensions that aren't right? Well, I always say sit on the sofa and try and put your cup of coffee down or your glass of wine. It should be easy. Uh, you shouldn't have to reach too far. You shouldn't have to reach too low. So I typically have a dimension that I start with is 16 inches that I'm just checking. And then I check the height of my seat height with my table height. So I, you know, when I'm installing a project, you know, you might come in and see me just sitting around and you're like, oh, she is doing nothing. But I am actually <laughs> pret pretending I live I live there. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm hanging out and I'm looking around. I'm going to reach the lamp. I want to I want to read my book. I have my cup of coffee. So I am just making checking how it feels. So when you're in your own home, the way I would say is what feels uncomfortable. And then that is the clue to tell you how to fix it. So if it's too far to put something down, or if you're in a club chair and there's no little table by you, that's a problem. It would make life much easier in that room with a little table. Can you hear the fire engines behind here? Yep, but it's we New York, can, but you know. It's New York, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, <laughs> it is I, though, I think everyone knows the sound of New York's background yeah. is of similar. <laughs> Um, some so color. yes, I'm in my New York City office. I have a Palm Beach office as well, and um, it's a little quieter there. <laughs> Just maybe a wee we bit. welcome the the, the added character. No, well, that's a, that's an interesting um, thing to think about because I'm not sure I've ever thought about it in that way. But it's almost like tiny little bits of friction within your room can add up to a very uncomfortable space and it's maybe not one thing, but you know, not having a surface right there or having to lean forward too much to get out or, you know, all those tiny little things that maybe. I think one of the most important at the end of a project, I am always gathering small tables and I know Ballard has beautiful small tables and they are the pieces that knit a space together and have it just, when something feels right, it's working, right? So, and then you get to layer in and add plants and flowers and dress, you know, it's the icing, but it's just really paying attention to the basics, um, you know, and I, so it, uh, and I think today our rooms are so multi-purpose, you know, we're trying to do so many things at one time so a lot of times what we're doing now in bedrooms is every bedroom now seems to want a, de um, a desk. We need a desk. A lot of people are working from home. So instead of doing matching bedside tables, we're doing a bedside table and maybe a desk, a little desk on the side of the bed. And because basically it doesn't need to be that deep. You just need to put, you know, a laptop or something down and a place to work from. So so I think that is definitely um, something that I've seen change um, in the past few years. Um, 
we before would have one desk in the, you know, in the office or the study. Now we have them almost in every room or a table that can work uh, double as that. Well, and I think uh, just the uh, change in how people work and to your point, what they're storing in a desk. Like we've talked about that a lot, um, just from a product development of like, what are we doing at our desk these days? Are we really like file cabinet? And then to your point, are we using a beautiful small dining table? Do we need just a surface? Do we want to close it away? So to your point, it really is funny how we've changed how we work and it's changed the design. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think also the numbers, I'm fascinated with what's a good number around a dining room table and how many people can you fit? Mm -hmm. And that again has to do with the size of your dining room chair. So um, we're always looking at that because I do think people are spending more time at home and wanting their friends to be at home with them and maybe going out not as much. So it's how do you entertain at home and how do you make that feel work well? And just having surfaces that are multi-purpose and not too fragile, right? I mean, there isn't a project that I work on that someone is not concerned about making things childproof. I'm like, well, all your kids are adults now. And they're like, <laughs> yes, but we're there. You know, it's my husband that's, you know, makes most of the mess. So it's just a fact of life. So you do, we use so many fabrics now that are, you know, indoor, outdoor, cleanable surfaces that are wipeable. I think you don't want to bring that kind of stress into your life, worrying about the finish of the furniture, because I think the past few years we've realized that it's a lot, there's a lot more going on than that. And we want to appreciate just um, the ease of living, because sometimes it's challenging. And we're all busy and with kids and work, lots going on. I loved um, the project. I think it's the second project in the book, actually, in the Hamptons. And you talked about how your clients, when you were asking about, um, you know, kind of what they use the home for, uh, I think you said they like almost always uh, talked about a meal or the kitchen or like preparing a meal. Everything was based around a meal. Yes. And, um and so you wanted to redesign kind of the main areas for the kitchen and, and entertaining. Mm -hmm. And so I was curious what your like, you know, must haves are for a great entertaining space. Like what are the punch items that you absolutely have to nail if you want your space to be comfortable? For it's all about the dining room chair. It's all about how comfortable it is. You want to stay. You want it to be comfortable. And I, we spend so much time watching people sit down. We say, why don't you try this? And we watch and we just look. It's like, you know, that little story, the three little bears, you know, there is the right chair for you. And um, I recently was designing uh, a dining room and uh, my client said, you know, the chairs need to be big. I'm like, well, how big? That, I mean, that's like, and they're like, we have a lot of football players coming over. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, that is big. That's above normal. So, um, but uh, it's important. So, but yes, you know, that's what I'm, that story about how my clients like to live, that they live in their kitchen and they like to, and in that particular house, the kitchen was dark and in the back and tiny, and I had no view and I walked through and I was like, maybe we put the kitchen up front by the view and we make it a room that you actually live in and walk in and entertain in. So a comfortable dining room chair and a um, some surface counter, which works well for buffet. And I think lots of candlelight. And I know Ballard has so many pretty candles and con candle containers. And I just think the best kind of dinners are lots of candlelight and, um, you know, a few sprigs of flowers are green from the garden and um, making sure the lights are dim. And it's very magical. 
what is your like your candle of choice? Do you like a taper candle? Do you like a pillar candle, scented candle? Like what? I mean, maybe not at the table, but what is your do you like them all? Well, truth be told, I like a mix. I like the taper up tall. I mean, taller, the better. There's something very nice about a tall taper and then lots of different little votives. And um, I just got back from London and I was at this wonderful dinner and I noticed that each person had their own votive in front of them. And I was like, this is genius because I am glowing so beautifully. And my friend was glowing because the candle sitting in front of them was just throwing such magical warm light around Mm -hmm. everyone. It just, everyone looked good. It just really was special. And it's just such a little trick Mm -hmm. to do. And um, I think sometimes it's those little things you know, my favorite part of entertaining, let's make it clear, is setting the table, doing the flowers, setting the table. Then I go into the kitchen and I'm a whirling dervish. I mean, I open every cabinet. It's a big mess. So um, I make a big mess and then I try and clean up. And um, I always prefer when my guests come a few minutes late because I'm usually tidying the kitchen. Of course. So not. that it looks like <laughs> I, it was so easy to do. But um, as much as you love your friends, there's nothing worse than a house or a dinner guest that's a little bit early. So true. Wait, no. Yes. Do not be around the block and come back. (laughs) Yes. Everybody listening, don't even pull your car up front because if we can see the car, the anxiety peaks. (laughs) I know. I'm always like a good 10 minutes work. 100%. Yeah. 10 minutes is the perfect amount. Yeah. After that, you're rudely late, but before. Yeah. Don't go before. It's well, okay. True. I feel like, you know, maybe pre-COVID, we were hearing a lot about like the death of the dining room. Like people didn't want a formal dining room. You know, everybody eats in the kitchen. Everybody eats, you know, wherever. Is that, or do you, what do you, how do you feel about that? I think um, actually when we're looking at space, I try and evaluate with my clients how often the dining room is going to be used. If it's going to be used a few times a year for the holidays, I think that's a waste of space. So we typically are doing, again, multi-purpose spaces, um, whether we have a small uh, table in a living room. I actually have clients here in New York in a townhouse that have a beautiful large dining room that can sit so many people, and they have beautiful dinners. But we also did a very small round table that has uh, six chairs in it in their living room. And they say, it's so great to invite another couple of friends over and have a small dinner. It's very casual and it's very intimate. So I think our expectations of a dinner party have completely changed. It's a little bit more informal. And I think even with the big dining room, a lot of people do big buffets and people just take their food and and sit on their laps. I think there are many different ways that we're entertaining. But I just finished this um, beautiful home out in Winneka on the lake, and there was no formal dining room. It was a brand new house, no formal dining room. There was a beautiful table in the kitchen, looked out at the view, and And again, we had another small table in the living room for dining and another small table in the family room for dining, but there was no big space for the dining room. So personally, I do like a dining room. I do like to have people over. And, uh, but um, we are definitely um, doing much more of mixing functions. So in those cases, you know, if you were to have, say, a big holiday dinner, everyone's kind of splitting up into little, you know, it's not the kids table anymore, but there's multiple tables and people kind of break up or do they bring in like a rental table? Like, because it does make sense that if you only use a 12 person dining table once a year, it's not very, you know, efficient. But I'm curious how they would entertain in a big, in a big um in a big holiday gathering? You know, I always, I, I love a big holiday gathering and I do try and squeeze people in. And I, I actually have a, a set of stacking chairs, very small stacking chairs that I, I keep 
that I squeeze everyone in. And I think everyone's very happy to sit tightly, um, but a lot of my clients do that. There might be um, a set of stacking chairs they have hidden away just to add in. So, um, Smart. you know, I think I, um, I think our folks did it in a way. There was always that kids' table. You were like, you know, put in a separate room. But now at holiday time, I actually do, I do a big table in my dining room, a big table in my kitchen, and we all just pull our names from a hat and we get mixed up. So it's kind of fun. Um, there was another thing that kind of took me by surprise in the book, and I wanted to ask you about it because I think color is something um, that you know is so cyclical, but there were a couple of red rooms in the book. And I kind of gasped when I saw them because red is just not really a color that has really been, you know, in sort of vogue, I guess. And I was curious where the inspiration for those rooms come from. I also think that red is such a tricky color. So I wasn't sure if you had any kind of guide guidelines that you live by when using red. Um, you know, the red comes from when clients, I have a large conference room here in the city. The table is about 12 feet long. And when they come in, I have every color of the rainbow on the table. And I'm like, let's have fun. Let's pick some fabrics. And they're like, where is it going? I'm like, I don't know. That's that I don't know. And then they, um, and then when I see how they grab colors and it, they're like, love this. And it makes them so happy. I'm like, they that makes them feel good. So typically, and we, I, I do use pops of color, especially in the book, there's this wonderful fuchsia, like deep, hot pink fuchsia. And during the pandemic, I said to my client, I, we were on a call and I said, you have the best Zoom background I have ever seen. Everyone should have this hot fuchsia pink. Um, so, and that really came from her. She was the one who said, I like bright, I like happy. And what's happier than deep, hot pink? That is like the happiest color. So a lot of times it comes from them. Um, but it was interesting. I When I was on my trip in London, I kept noticing there were so many red rooms. Every room was red. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling a new, I'm being inspired by this red. And I asked someone, I said, why the red? You know, why so much red? And they said, well, you have to remember, it's very chilly and gray here. So red is a much warmer, hot color, makes you feel um, uh, brighter. And I thought, oh, that's so true. And I do think just given the time we've been spending at home, people are enjoying these surprises, you know, the pops of color in a room, I think are nice. And uh, even in, in projects we've been working on and that might have a certain color palette, at the end when I'm finishing, I go around and I'm always just adding in different colors just to test them. And it's interesting, I think in that one home you were talking about that there's a lot of color and I looked at that photo and I realized that on the sofa, the pillows there, I added at the end. It was just, it was a relation. It was just a feeling, it worked with the art, it worked with the flowers outside. It's just, again, you're looking for the clues, the visual clues. That's so interesting. I always assume that that designers kind of have every detail worked out until like, you know, the the flange on the throw pillow and the every, you know, the flowers they're going to use. So it's interesting to hear that you kind of. Well, I, I, I have a bit of that, too. <laughs> but I do. I You know, when I verbalize it now, I thought the pandemic was fantastic for looking at the way we work. And, under, and realizing that it was important to explain how we work a little bit more, the process, getting behind the curtain, because we were getting less FaceTime in person. So just talking about how we work. And now I'm much more upfront. I never talked about it before. I say that, you know, the project will be about 95% done. 
And then it's at the end that mm. I come in and I realize we need two more little tables because on plan it doesn't look that way. It looks fine. But when I'm in the room and I'm looking, I'm like, I need a lumbar pillow here. I need that table. I need an extra lamp. Those are, I think, being open to those additions are what really finishes off a room well. You know, I'm not the kind of designer that, you know, does a board day one and say, this is your room, we're buying this and you're done. It's, it's a much more fluid process. Mm -hmm. I love hearing that. And I also hate hearing that because I think like you <laughs> have such amazing instinct and obviously have been doing this for so long. And so that's a hard thing for someone that's doing it themselves to be like, oh, well, I maybe shouldn't fly by the seat of my pants. Maybe I do need to like plan a little more carefully because I, I'm not Victoria Hagen. <laughs> oh, I think, you know, I find that sometimes, um, sometimes you, you have to listen to that little voice inside. I find people say, I have no idea. I have no taste. I don't know, you know, and it's amazing. People do have opinions and, when you look at something, you know, I always have this three second rule. If clients pause for more than three seconds, I'm like, that's a no. That is a no. So if you're pausing and saying, I don't know whether I like that pillow, I bet you don't, you know. And mm -hmm. when you see the right one, the right color, let me tell you, you know, you go, oh, I love that green. Oh, that's great. I'm going to buy the, I'm going to buy two. Um, that's a good two point. Two of those. So I, you know, I think that's something very important that, you know, we go through life and we, I think are always feeling a little insecure about everything. No one's feeling very confident about, you know, what they're wearing, what they're saying. But I think in my work, I try and give my clients confidence to really um, listen to themselves and trust their instincts. And I feel like we're working together collaboratively and I you know of course I think I play with a full deck you know I'm not I don't I'm not looking for mistakes or things to not work out well but I do feel confidence when you're working on your home and confidence in how you want to live is a gift and if I can give my clients confidence in feeling comfortable in their homes that's really nice on a day-to-day -day basis to feel good Absolutely. And uh, I mean, on that same note, you have this one story in your book um, about the house in Green Greenwick, Connecticut, that the, the family lived in for years and it worked for their family. And then their kids grew up and they're like, OK, this no longer stylistically works as well as functionally. Could you talk about that home just because it's absolutely stunning? It's a beautiful home, and I think the cover of my book comes from that yes. home. Yes. And, <laughs> and um, it, uh, the cover of the book um, was originally a billiard room. And when I did the first walkthrough with my client, she said, and this room we never use. It, it's like a complete waste. And I said, well, what don't you have? What would be nice? And then I said, I don't see a room for you. I don't see anything for you. And she said, you're right. I could really use a room. And that is the old billiard room with the table desk and a chair. And I used an oriental carpet with pattern in it because I wanted to bring the sense of the garden in. And I find pattern carpets sometimes feel like a garden. And it was really this attempt to make this connection to her view and the garden and make this a personal space for her. So that was one of our first big decisions um, in what to do. And then we basically, we renovated, we took this beautiful old house and we just opened up some of the views looking out to the garden. And it just made this house live younger, feel better. And I think a lot of, I hear this all the time. I just want to, I want to feel, I want my home to feel fresh and lighter 
and that's what we did. And I think if you look at this home and you look at all the pictures, everything has a soft texture. It's paying attention to how things feel too. The carpets, the upholstery, um, the curtains. There is just adding this softness in that I think is an important detail. Well, even the metals have a texture. Like, you know, the coffee table has a texture on the metal and the stools that are metal have a texture. So, yes, I mean, it definitely is a place I want to go and sit and (laughs) be part of. And sunlight. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. I love the, like... And that's, I think, that to me is, I think, light is free. You know, and if you can get a little bit more of it in your space, I can promise you it's going to feel better and you're going to really, um, uh, really just everything comes to life with light. So in my, I'm very conscious of not doing heavy draperies to leave the windows um, a bit more open and uh, to really just take advantage of that. It's been, I think it's part of my secret sauce is if you can really play with the light, use the light, it is um, very special. What is your approach to editing? Because you are such a master of editing and, you know, in some ways, many of your rooms feel almost minimal or, you know, restrained, I guess, but um but I, I think editing can be really challenging, too. So I'm curious, you know, how you approach it. I think, actually, and that goes into my 95% rule. You don't want to buy too much. You don't want to have too much stuff. It's easy to add, but you don't want too many things. So um, I definitely think, you know, the, I think it's complicated because, yes, less is more but sometimes more is more. So it's just figuring out that balance of um, what works for you and what's your, what's your design personality. And I, it's for me, I'm like, I definitely will look at something and a lot of times I'll say we need more, it feels too empty or there's too much stuff around. Um, I do think it's so great if you're working on your own home, is to just clear out the room, take everything out, and then begin to put it back piece by piece because you will realize the thing that you're holding and you're saying, where does this go? You probably don't need. It's just extra. So I do I do think the edit is... Um, you know, I, I have I get very attached to things, so it is a challenge for me to sometimes separate from some sentimental things. But um, I think in design, I, I like to think that I work with my clients to find a, a the right place for them. It doesn't have to all be in the same place. So um, it feels so much better when you um, really look at things with fresh eyes. You know, I think when you keep looking at the same thing, it's hard to see it in a different way. So that's why I think when you're working with a designer and they're bringing things in and they're taking things out, there are fresh eyes on it. And that is, I think, really helpful when you're looking to edit a space. What about your own home? Own home, Because in, in the introduction to the book, you talk about how COVID sort of <clears throat> made many of us um, I guess sort of re-examine how how we live in our homes and what we need our homes for. And I'm curious because we got to see your home, um, what specifically changed, you know, in the way you look at your own home during the I time? think we all took our homes for granted. I think we took them for granted and we didn't realize how important and how comforting they were to us to have a place where we could be together. Really, um, it was a time to reevaluate how we were all living and to also use rooms in ways that we hadn't used before. And, you know, in my dining room, I, I sat and did my Zoom calls in there because I didn't have a home office. I don't 
have a home office. I don't really want a home office because I try not to bring home work home. But um, and uh, but it um, is just and also the sense of comfort sitting in a comfortable sofa. A lot of times you're busy, you're running around, you know, whether your sofa wasn't comfortable or not, um, didn't really matter. You weren't sitting in it much. And now I think we're using our homes more, appreciating them. And I think that has brought them back to life in a way. Um, just that, that, um, that appreciation. Can you um, share with everyone the story of your home in Connecticut? Because um, it was kind of a, you know, well, can you just share everyone how, how you came to find this home and move into it, I guess? You know, I had always loved uh, this area in Connecticut and it was New Year's Eve and my, uh, no, it was New Year's Day. And my husband said, what should we do? I said, I don't know, let's go to my favorite place. So we drove through the, my favorite place and we went down to the water and I said, it's New Year's Day, let's make a wish. So I said, here's a rock, throw it in, make a wish. And my wish was, I hope I live here someday. And it seemed um, like not really possible. And then I, um, and then fast forward a few years, um, we were uh, thinking about um, moving out of the city and I happened to see this house for sale and I said, oh my goodness, I know that house. And um, it uh, was in this special little town and we, went to see it and I it was funny because I I, I was obsessed with closets I, I I just thought I needed a big closet for my children's sports equipment and our apartment had no closets it was very tight so I walked in the back door of this house and I opened this closet and there's this huge closet I'm like we're done this is it this is really great i love that the closet called it for <laughs> you so yeah the closet called it for me but um but i i could see that this house um it was fun bringing this house back to a family house it um had been for sale for a while and i um it is on a very pretty piece of property and it uh so i was excited to really create this place for my family like I do for so many other families is really um, work with them to be you know making something homemade for my husband and my boys it's absolutely gorgeous and um, but I, I just thought this the the story behind it was very sweet and um, you know there have been a few times where we've like kind of had a similar story from designers someone saying I saw this house and always admired it. And then like. My husband always kids that that wasn't his wish. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, it's, it's been, it's a really great family home for us. Great holiday house for us. And, you know, I think uh, having a home where you can gather with family and friends is very special. Taryn, do you have any final questions before we answer our dilemma? Um, I guess my only one, and this could be dumb, so if not, we can cut this part, but in your um, Palm Springs home that you have in the book, and you speak to the family really wanting color, they'd seen your work in New York, and they really wanted color in this one home, and how it kind of started, you thought, as a second home, per se, and then you found out it was their, like, true home, and how you kind of shifted. I think you said, I thought it was a cocktail, and I found out it was dinner, or something like right. that. Can you talk about how that helped, um, changed your design process in that home? Uh, I think when it's um, your full-time home, you're just really checking more boxes. You know, it's not it's not a place you use on the weekends. It's not a place you use for a season. It, so it was really about um, really just layering and adding the color and softness and getting the function right. Um, 
but I'm looking at this bright aqua dining room in the book that we have very comfortable dining room chairs and, you know, a, a dining room table that expands and surfaces to put food down. But even though, um, you know, there's some light colors, they're all performance fabrics, so people don't have to worry. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the pictures. So when I look at these pictures, I'm like, yes, there, there's the table. Um, I'm always um, also a pair of benches. I'm always, you know, you notice, I always think, how many people am I having for dinner and is there a place for them to sit? So we, I'm just always like adding in little benches and Ballard I know has these great little benches that you can tuck, you know, up against a wall, behind a sofa that you pull in for larger groups. So I think that's kind of fun and, you know, always just trying to be ready for the unexpected. So you have this fun design dilemma for me. Yes, we do. Yeah. So uh, Christina says, hi, ladies. I've been listening for at least a few years and have some burning questions for you. First off, I'm working on my living room. It's almost finished, in my opinion, except for the north wall where the TV is. But if you see anything that could or should be done to improve it, besides what I'm about to ask, please let me know. For that wall, we're considering built-ins and I've just started the conversation with the cabinet maker. Um, I've attached his first renderings. I have some questions and tweaks for him, such as getting rid of the arch and the bump out and the question about where the double doors would go when open. I wanna consider sliding panels over the TV that move to the bookshelf to save space. It's a small house slash room. At first I was thinking we would we wanted walnut. I love the look of walnut. However, seeing the drawings, I'm wondering, should we stick with maple, which is the material on the floor? Is it okay to have built-in wood cabinetry when there are small windows on either side with painted white trim? Or will that look weird with the wood trim that built-in that built-in cabinetry would have? I think it's okay, but I want your opinion. We're planning to make sure we have outlets and cord holes. Um to be able to put small lamps in the bookshelves and we're wanting to hardwire brass art lights on either side of the built-ins above the bookshelves. I'm planning to purchase brass hardware um, similar to what we did in our kitchen. What other dressmaker details should I consider? Let me know and thank you for thank you for any advice in advance. Love the show, Christina. Well, first off, I'd like to tell Christina she's done a fantastic job. I think her living room looks beautiful. Uh, I, I think she has her scale completely great. I love her use of a rich color in there. I think I have two big thoughts. My two first reactions were, were do you need the built-in? And because built-ins tend to be very expensive, uh, mm -hmm. so the, it usually adds up and walnut's very expensive. So I, I that would not be my first instinct for the wood. I, if she didn't want to do the built-in. I would just recommend hanging the TV on the wall, I think, um, and then may maybe lowering the piece below it a few inches um, to get that angle for TV viewing. But when I looked at the drawing uh, or the rendering of her bookcase, it's quite beautiful. I, I typically would probably recommend a painted piece in this room. And um, a few details that I always look at is the height of the TV. So uh, sitting across from a, a TV, we typically have the bottom of it between 36 and 38 inches. And a lot of times the TV is raised. And I always find if you have to tilt your head up, that's probably not the most comfortable way to watch TV. So the first thing would be that I'd place the TV in the millwork. The second area that I, I see that I would pay attention to is the cabinetry below. A lot of times I think that line is a little high and I typically use a line, especially in this room, she has lower windows. Mm. So I would not bring that line up because it tends to um, make the ceiling feel shorter. So what you're trying to do is create a little bit more verticality in the bookcase. I think this, the lights on the bookcase is a really nice warm glow, but I'd keep that line um, about 30 inches. And I think in this rendering, it looks like it's much higher. So maybe just to pop that down a little bit. Um, the other detail that I like to do sometimes is to add 
an interesting finish or color in the back of the bookcases. It, um, I think, can add an element, um, just another layer. But I think this room is beautiful. I like even in her photo and Christina's photos, she has this gray cabinet up against the gray wall. So I think if you were building in, my instinct would be that the built-in would either be painted white like the trim or painted gray like the walls. And with the little brass detail, I think that would look very nice. So, okay, you're talking about the line being 30 inches. Is that the line of the top of the sort of uh, cabinet? Okay. The cabinets okay. below. Got it. And I would also just make sure that the depth, I don't think in the rendering I could see the depth on anything. Mm. So I think a lot of times they're like, oh, it's a bookcase. It needs to be deep. Not really. I would go around and measure your books because I think you don't want to take that space away. So I see there are two little sidewalls on either side of this area, which I would imagine that they're going to build in. Mm -hmm. So I really wouldn't, I would try not to protrude from there. I would keep okay. it back in there. She has done it like this is a beautiful room. It looks so cozy. It, it's cozy. It looks great. Uh, you know, I'd probably, I, I said, you know, I maybe um, would just add the TV, maybe take an inch off that cabinet, drop it down, and mount the TV on the wall. Um, but I think a lot of times people do like built-ins if they have a collection of books, family photos. It's nice to have a place for it. But mm -hmm. um, I do think in just in general, I try and limit my finishes in a room. So in this room, I already see I have a couple of different finishes. So I would I typically take my direction from the walls, not okay. the floor. Well, Christina, you had some high praise from Victoria. So that is it's a good day for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking away your these two things. Inches matter and um, three second pause is a no. <laughs> that's my, that's my, my lessons from today uh, th those <laughs> are my special my special les lessons this has been so fun i've really enjoyed spending time with you both i um thank you for inviting me thank you for thank you for joining us and if you could tell everyone where they can find your book and where they can find you uh, well, my book, uh, Live Now, is available in all bookstores and on Amazon, and um, I, uh, I hope it's a fun read for you. Well, thank you so much for, for spending an hour with us, and um, everyone, I mean, the book is beautiful. Yes, go out and buy the book. It's beautiful. Yes. Oh. And, and your previous books, too. I, I think you have two others, three others? Yes, yes. This is my third. <laughs> this is my hat trick. Um, I love it. <laughs> all righty. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.